0: Welcome to Frantically Speaking's podcast, Beyond Hard Skills. I'm your host, Sridi, and here's where we discuss what it takes to make it in your career beyond degrees, technical skills, and hard work. Let's get started. On today's episode, we're joined by Susan Murphy. Now, Susan has over 40 years of experience in broadcasting, which makes her a bit of an expert in the power of voice. And she truly believes that a voice is a powerful force that relays emotions, tells stories, and brings audiences on a journey that words alone could not accomplish. So no matter what career you're in, The tips shared in this particular episode are gonna help you use your voice more effectively so that your communication becomes all that more impactful. Hope you enjoy. Hey Susan, thank you so much for joining us for Beyond Heart Skills.
1: I am delighted to be here. I love to share the gospel of speaking up.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. In fact, I would love it if you could start by giving a little background on your journey. What made you wanna become a voice coach in the first place?
1: There you go. That's a very good question. I've been in the broadcast industry literally my whole life. I recorded my first commercial when I was 14, and we haven't stopped in, in any way, shape, or form. So I've been behind the mic, in front of the mic, behind the camera, in front of the camera. And a few years ago, I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. I had lived in New York, and I'd be flipping around watching the news stations, and I'd see young reporters who could tell a good story, who shot beautiful video, But there was something about their voices that was not uh, equal to what I was hearing, what I was seeing. So I thought, yeah, you know, a lot of kids don't get any voice training anymore. When I was coming up, we did. And besides, you always worked in radio before you went to TV. That doesn't happen anymore. So I decided I would become one of the few broadcast voice coaches Working with anchors and reporters and sports people and meteorologists, and work with some news directors who send their people to me to just bring out their natural, authentic pitch. Fantastic!
0: Yeah, one of the you captured a pretty unique niche as such. I've not heard of many people who focus on voice for broadcast people in broadcasting itself. Okay. Uh, but if I were to expand the horizon a little bit and talk about. Any professional not just in broadcasting because I can understand why voice would be important over there but if you we were to expand it across to people who are working let's say in in a hospital or in a tech company yes. yes why do you think or why do you think they should invest time to work on their voice is that even important oh
1: my goodness honestly I think it's extremely important. And I have branched out a bit. I have worked with CFOs. I've worked with some ministers and some nurses. And what I've learned is, and kind of what I knew, first of all, anytime you have a conversation with anyone, that's public speaking. So learning how to master just a couple of little things that will grow your confidence to be in front of the boss, your spouse a TV camera, an auditorium full of people. You want to do your TED Talk. I believe voice is a very unique thing to every individual. And if your eyes are the windows to your soul, I think your mouth is the front door. And people are going to judge you on how you speak, how loud, how soft, your vocabulary, um, uh, what words you use. And I think it's just not something people pay attention to, particularly in the last couple of years when you hear people say, oh, you know, I'm just going to be me and you're just going to have to put up with me being me. Okay, could we be a better you? You know, in te- in television, I don't care if your video is gorgeous. If I am put off by the sound of your voice, I may not watch your entire story. I'll flip the channel. So I I think when people can master a beautiful voice, I actually think that's the beginning of confidence in any setting.
0: Correct. So I think I had come across this when I had started my career in coaching itself. There was one person who was working in a very senior position in one of the big four financial companies. Mm -hmm. And he had the problem of sounding way too approachable. He's a very nice guy and that came across in his voice. But that had a negative effect in terms of how much people are actually listening to his authority overall. Do you have any tips on how someone can sound more assertive using their voice itself?
1: Oh, absolutely. This is the first thing I teach all my clients, whether they need it or not. And most of the women I work with do need it. We work with your breath. And I do have a very fancy way of doing it, but I can also narrow it down to seven words, drop your shoulders, breathe into your belly. Why do you drop your shoulders? When this was taught to me by a singing coach about 25 years ago, I was blown away. If you, first of all, when we're nervous, when we're anxious, when we're upset, where do we carry it? We carry it in our shoulders. If you can consciously make an effort to always keep your shoulders super relaxed, it automatically reduces tension into your neck and jaw and face. And then when you couple that with taking breath in and literally picture it going down all the way to your diaphragm, which is a cylindrical muscle that's attached to the last ribs of your rib cage, its job is to push air into your lungs. Babies are born breathing into their bellies. They don't know otherwise. When we sleep, we all breathe into our bellies, but during the day, we're busy, we're on the go, we're doing several things. So we do what's called clavicular or conversational breathing, which involves a pretty tense body and lots of shallow breath. It does get to your diaphragm, but not efficiently. And our pitch naturally rises because everything is so tense. When all you need to do, drop your shoulders and breathe into your belly. It's a great little trick that can calm your nerves at a conference table or in front of a podium or at a PTO meeting, whatever it is. And that's the very simple form of the beginning of finding your authentic voice. And then there is something that is borrowed from yogic breathing, which is just measured breath. And my little trick is breathe in and count to four and push the air out, breathe out on the count of six. Any kind of measured breathing triggers your opposite to your regular nervous system. It triggers your parasympathetic nervous system, whose job it is, is to calm down your regular nervous system. When you go before an audience and you're scared and you're, uh, you know, not confident and you think you're going to make a mess, what's going to happen is going to go wrong. Your brain sends chemicals to help you flee or fight. That is the worst thing that can happen to a speaker. When you practice the rhythmic breathing, like let's say 10 minutes before you go into the meeting, do a four and six breath four or five times. It's a beautiful way to focus on what your task is. And even if you're doing it in the auditorium, at the conference table, waiting for your turn to speak, you can still drop your shoulders, breathe, breathe in on four, breathe out on six. And then by the time you know, you always start speaking on a belly full of air, and of course, When we're doing something in public, we project our voices. I didn't say, make it too loud. I didn't say, shout. You project your voice. And that's what helps to command the room. If you're too quiet or not engaging the people at the table, you might as well not say anything.
0: You know, one of the first things, so I started in yoga a couple of years ago. And one of the first things that they teach is diaphragmatic breathing, which is exactly what you're speaking, yogic breaths, right? And this is, in fact, my mother used to say this when I was very young. If you're nervous before a a competitive exam or before a big game that you have to play, just always ensure you're firstly breathing through the belly and ensure that your out-breath is longer than your in-breath. And I think we don't pay attention to it when we're kids. And then when we need to command rooms, that's when this starts becoming much more important.
1: Everything tenses up and you forget how to even breathe at all. So you're right, just a little bit of practice. I like your mother. A little bit of practice of the breath before you go and do anything clears your mind, lowers the nerves. And then when you go to speak, you just understand that the air is down in that belly which is your gut, as we say proverbial. oh, you know, I had to trust my gut on that. My gut told me not to do that. It's where your intuition is. And that plays a big role in being a speaker too, as to how you connect with your audience. If you're a, a, a news anchor, how do you connect to the copy that you're reading? If you're a reporter, how do you connect to the people you're interviewing? And you start by the simple breath work which just really allows you to focus and do better listening as well as speaking i think
0: 100 percent. and would you recommend people do this as a daily practice in the morning kind of like a meditation or or is it something that they would benefit more from by doing it just five minutes before a meeting or presentation what what would work better either would
1: work but here's what i advise my clients i say to them you're going to take Four, post-it notes. Like, pick a cool color. Don't write anything on it. One goes on your steering wheel, your refrigerator, your bathroom mirror, and your computer. And maybe when you're at work, put one more where you're just going to bump into it or you're going to look at it a couple of times a day. And every time you see a post-it note, stop, drop your shoulders, breathe into your belly on four and exhale on six for one minute. Oh, I'll let you do, I'll do the math for you. It's six breaths, six. And then go on about your day until you pass pass another post-it note. And my voice teacher rightfully advised that if you do it religiously for three to four weeks, it becomes second nature, it becomes muscle memory, and you can easily, I call it the zone, you can snap yourself into the zone like that with just three to four weeks of practice. I use it, I sometimes still do it at a, at a stoplight because that's at like good timing. In the dentist's office when you're nervous, um, sometimes, oh, before you go to sleep, if you want to try to relax, that breath helps you do that too. So no, you don't have to strictly, oh, 15 minutes before I go to bed, I'm going, to One minute. Several times a day.
0: Yeah, that that's something that I think I've not heard of it that way. Usually, voice coaches have told me that you should either do it in the morning or right before a meeting. But I think what you're saying is you can make it part of a routine itself, so that doesn't matter if it's morning or night. But you're Mm -hmm. breathing through your belly itself, and I think that that is what the what the main lesson is. And I I agree Mm -hmm. with that because it falls into the philosophy that communication is all about good habit building. Once you have good habits built, your communication automatically will improve overall. And I think that's I'm right. going to try this as well. right? Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to try this as well. The Either the stoplight thing while I'm driving or the Post-it notes thing on my work and everywhere. That's something that I think I'm going to try, because it, it has so many more benefits than just voice development.
1: Yes, it's really good for your head. I often tell reporters, let's say breaking news happens, and your newsroom has gone into oh, circus overdrive. All right, fine. Let them do that. You sit where you are. Close your eyes if you can, but if you can't, that's okay. And just do three breaths. Three. And suddenly you'll go, okay, I need to do this now. And then I'm going to go do that second. It, it's so good for your brain, I can't tell you.
0: A hundred percent. You know, so we don't focus just on voice in our training, we focus on multiple aspects of professional communication. And the when we started off, it was like one package, right? Everything comes into one thing. But then there were so many people coming to us and saying, hey, you know what, I sound very monotonous when I speak, or oh, I sound very dull, or oh, I sound not very engaging when, I, when I'm when i communicating, not just for presentations, not just when I'm on TV, but in day to day conversations. So we had mm. to get a voice specialist Because there was so much demand just for voice-oriented training. And I do want to understand from you because you have so much experience in this space. But if anyone listening wants to improve on their modulation and reduce their monotony with regard to their voice, what tips would you recommend and how would you recommend somebody practices that?
1: I have several ideas. The first one that came to mind is read a children's book out loud, preferably to children, but your dog will do too as long as you have an audience to read a child's book, because you're not gonna do that in any sort of monotone. You are trying to engage the dog or the child, so you would know automatically, well, I'm not gonna read that flat, I'm just not. So that's one thing, and then what that will do is as you're reading it, pay attention, listen in your own ears, how do you sound? Oh, look at that, I can, I can go up on this word, I can slow down here. I can emphasize this word. So doing that will give you an idea of where your vocal range can go. The other thing is also in your brain and starts well before your presentation. Hopefully you are passionate about what you're going to talk about. And I'm not saying you have to tell jokes. I'm not saying you have to pace the floor, I'm not saying you have to use all kinds of crazy hand gestures, but if you're enthusiastic about what you're talking about, that rubs off on the audience, and so whoever the audience is. So you watch for their reaction. Are they looking down at their phones? Are they looking everywhere around? Are they just not smiling back at you? That's your key to go, all right, I need to I need to get my audience back. And you very often can do that with a pause. The world hates silence. And yet it's such a useful thing in speech. First of all, the people who are looking at their phones, they're not going to hear anything, so they'll go, "Oh, wait. Hello." So a pause can help get your audience back. A warm Genuine smile will get them back. Try to look at everybody in the audience if you can. If that's too scary, look at something on the far wall. Look above their heads to the far wall. And maybe that will lessen the nerves too. But to not be monotonous means two things. To love what you're talking about. And two, understanding who you're talking to. If you're a cardiac surgeon and you're speaking with other cardiac surgeons, you can throw in all the medical speak you want, knock yourselves out. But if you're a cardiac surgeon and you've been asked to address the board of directors at the hospital and tell them what you do, you're yeah, not going to do it like you would to another doctor. So know your audience, try to find Things they might question. You know, you're a cardiologist. You've been asked a lot of questions in your life. Address that. Start maybe you're wondering what happens when. I bet some of you would love to hear about. So really understanding who your audience is and how what they want to know. Your audience is really the star of the show. You think you are because you're talking? Not really. It's your audience. You're their guide. You're there to deliver information or a story, which can easily go hand in hand, that they come away with value. So if you're passionate, you probably wouldn't be monotonous.
0: Nice. Fantastic. You know, one of the challenges that that we tend to have when we are training people in modulation is that when we tell them that, hey, you know, you need to improve your voice, because the thing you mentioned about pausing and, and smiling, that is, it's essentially pattern breaking that and, and that example you gave where if someone's at their phone and you pause they're like, hey, what, what? Oh, okay, there's silence, right? So that pattern breaking, breaking is essentially where modulation becomes very important. And it creates an entire engagement factor for your speech. The problem is that when you make someone practice modulation, who's not used to it, they sometimes feel that hey you know i this doesn't sound like me i, I feel like I'm, I'm I'm sounding fake I feel like i'm I'm really exaggerating uh. myself uh. and we always tell them that you know it's not about sounding fake it's about not being familiar with how you sound it's still your voice at the end of the day but oh, do sure. you have any yeah do you have any suggestions on have you ever dealt with that happen and if so what suggestions do you have on how anyone who's training. Number one is training people like us. How can we deal with that? And second is anyone feeling like this, like they're trying to learn modulation, but they're feeling monotonous. How do they do it better?
1: First of all, please, speakers, give yourself some grace. Everybody hates their own voice. Everybody. Because your voice sounds different to you, because it's, it comes from your mouth and then goes back into your ears and and it gets to your brain differently than your voice comes to me. So first of all, you're going to go, all right, this is my voice. I am going to make peace with it, but I'm going to use it to the best of my advantage. And that is to speak. For most women, speaking in their natural range of pitch is lower than they normally do. Men because of Adam's apples and all kinds of testosterone and what you went through in puberty, including a lengthening of your vocal cords, did you know a man's vocal cords is the size of a quarter, and this and women's vocal cords are the size of a dime?
0: No, I. Didn't it's amazing to... to me
1: to think that the instrument with which we communicate to the world is the size of a dime or a quarter. So, it's it's a very small part, but it's a very big part of how you present yourself just in person. One of the exercises I do with my clients is we pretend, pretend we're introducing ourselves to each other. So they'll do some breath work. And then as they're you know, getting through it, I'll say, hi, I'm Susan Murphy, and I want you to introduce yourself back. Just that is an exercise in projection, courage, and uh, when you get introduced to someone, you try to be warm, you try to be kind, So that's a good thing to do is just practice introducing yourself to your children. Get your children to go along with you um, on this sort of little practice thing. You can record your voice into your phone and play it back. Again, give yourself grace. Let's say you're rehearsing for a big presentation where you'll be at a podium and you might have notes Don't even talk to me about PowerPoints. If I could get rid of them in the whole entire world, I would. But I'll give you a little trick that voice actors use. So there are some sentences in your presentation that you're going to, you know, are important. So what I want you to do, turn on your phone, and I want you to, we call it ABCing the line. I'm auditioning for a commercial. I go into my studio. I read it a couple of times through. And then I'm going to take that second, well, that second sentence, I pull it out, I think for a little bit, bit about how I could change it, always using authentic breath, always coming from the diaphragm. And you ABC it, do it three times in a row, consciously changing something, anything. Hit pause or stop, run it back, and listen to you doing the one line. Three different ways. Oh, one will jump out at you. And it's not usually A. B or C, you'll go, oh, yeah, I, mm. Now, when you go to do the real presentation, please don't ever memorize anything. Please don't do that. Oh, that's a recipe for disaster. But, you know, there might be some sentences so that you will have practiced the important parts ABCing it, so that when you go to deliver it, you know it's not going to be exactly how you did C, but you know how you can approach doing line C again. It's it Don't mimic it. Don't imitate it. Just feel it. Just feel it. So that could help.
0: Fantastic. I think that's a very practical thing for somebody to apply, right? the ABC technique in itself. So if i were to summarize what someone who might be listening can do to improve their breath work number one so three things is what i learned from you right number one is okay. breathing oriented right so completely breathe into your belly keep reminders for yourself could be post-it cards could be signals whatever it might be number two your yourself- shoulders oh and yes shoulders. Shoulders on your shoulders. not just
1: breathing into the it can be a life-changing event when you are conscious of tense shoulders and you work. And you can drop your shoulders at the end of every sentence if you have to. Let's say your voice starts to fly away. Drop your shoulders and your voice will come back down. But I interrupted you. Go ahead. Yeah. But I wanted no, to no, make please. sure shoulders and breath went together.
0: Yeah, yeah, please. If I miss on something, please let me know. So it's it's shoulders, breath work, keep reminders around you to follow these things so they, they can become a habit in itself. Number two is know your audience and have grace with yourself so that works yes. hand in hand. And number three is the ABC framework. All these three oh. things are very, very practical that you can use to improve upon your voice and tonality. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Fantastic. And I would urge anyone who's listening, it doesn't matter what career you're in, you have to speak. And no. all this chat, GPT, and everything will help you in your email writing. It's not going to help you when you have to speak up in a meeting oh. and when you're caught on the spot. So you better learn this skill. Right. Fantastic. I think that's perfect. It, I think I've gotten a lot of practical tips. I'm going to be cutting clips and sharing with a lot of people who I feel might need it. Uh, this was Absolutely, fantastic. yes. This was fantastic. I love your energy, and it's so much fun. I'm just seeing your reactions as well. I, for people who are listening, check out the video. <laughs> Susan has these reactions, which are just, they make you... Yeah, to I, I you. react a lot. Yeah, I do. <laughs> oh, you know, I, one other one other quick tip,
1: which may or may not work for you, when you're presenting, I don't don't care where you are, every time I did news on the radio, I had to have a pencil in my hand. I can't tell you why, but I did. So having something in your hands, I can't even explain it. It's not a security blanket. I don't know what you would call it, but sometimes just gently holding something in your hands opens up your speech. That's another thing I'd try to.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. So a lot of people feel more comfortable if they're holding a, a clicker for their PowerPoint, if they're holding a mic or something like that, because it, it removes that awkwardness of your hands just kind of frailing about. I get that. That That's fantastic. Yeah, really Perfect. Tough. I think this was a great, great session. I'm going to be, as I mentioned, sharing a lot of these small, small cuts to people as well. And mm-hmm. anything that you would like to add over here, you can tell us what you're working on, where can people find you? The floor is yours. Please go ahead.
1: Oh, sure. You can find me. My website is Susan Murphy, Vosot, V-O-S-O-T.com. Vosot is broadcast shorthand for voiceover, sound on tape. So it's a little broadcasty trivia there for you, Vosat, I'm on LinkedIn. Come find me. I love working with people of all different uh, kind of professions and backgrounds, and especially women who are sometimes afraid to dip into that authentic voice, that's really important. You know, we didn't have hormones and changes to our vocal cords. Our vocal cords stay pretty much the same. So for us, developing a rich, authentic, natural tone is something that is just going to make you a better communicator to everyone, including your children.
0: Fantastic. We're going to be linking her website and her LinkedIn Great. profile down below as well. So please reach Perfect. out to her and yeah, that's about it. I hope everyone listening learned something like how I did today. Susan, thank you so much for being here. Hopefully, we can do a part 2 in the future because there's so I would much-
1: love to. Sure, I would love to. Bring some of your folks in and we can do, we could do a whole live session where I can critique and give you little hints.
0: Of course, I, I'm, I'm going to take you up on that. Let's definitely do that as well, because there's so much to discuss in voice. It's not something that a, a 20, 30, 25 to 30 minute conversation can no, do justice. It went so quick. Thank <laughs> you. I really enjoyed the conversation. Fantastic. Thank you so much. I'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much for being with us to the end. If you found this useful, do share it with someone who might benefit from it. And if you're looking for more communication and soft skill tips, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Lastly, if you would like a step-by-step process to improve upon your communication skills to accelerate your career growth, you can go on our website and book a free communication consultation call with me. Thank you for joining us and I'll see you next time.